Thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah, that's right, everybody. We finally made it. It's finally Friday. Oh, yeah. It's June 9th, and today is National. Guess you're going to love this, Gretchen. It's National Donald Duck Day. It's also, it's also, I'm going to murder this, whatever this, this is. It's also World Anti-Phosphilid-Lated Antibody Syndrome Day. Coral Triangle Day. National Movie Night, so take your girls out for for a movie tonight, and all the dabbers are going to love this because it's National Earl Day, although I don't think they mean that Earl, but you know what it is. It's also, and Gretchen, we know what you're going to make for dessert because today is also National Strawberry Rhubarb Pie Day. I don't like rhubarb. You're tripping. And nonetheless, thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live in the Internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. But without further ado, we're going to kick it off with the dope dad himself, the Quasimodo caretaker. The father of little baby Zozo and the professional backpedaling, flip flopping, flapjacking, <laughs> Rico the meat, the dope. Flop the meat. Oh, yeah. It's officially uh, flip flop season where you see slides all over the beach. But I'm sorry, Jason. I've got to say, I got to start today off with a little bit of sad news. Three years ago, registered Washington, D.C. medical cannabis patient Thomas Cackett was minding his own business in the surely overpriced apartment that he pays rent on each month on time in Washington, D.C., like Gretchen, probably, it's probably his neighbor, Gretchen Gailey. He was medicating within what he believed to be his uh, legal rights, none other than the place that he could... Uh, only safely and lawfully medicate. His neighbor, on the other hand, Josefa Ippolito Shepard, who lives in the ground level apartment in an adjacent duplex uh, to crack it, thought differently. 
So differently, in fact, she decided to sue Cackett and her other neighbor, Angelina or Angela uh, Farcerato, who actually owns the duplex, claiming that Cackett smokes marijuana 24-7 and that the foul and pungent odor enters and permeates her home, making her violently sick. We've continued to follow this capital city tenant battle since the case was initially dismissed back in 2021 when a judge found Ippolito Shepard failed to state a um, on the initial claim that the sole ground of um, smoking marijuana in one's home is legal in the District of Columbia and therefore cannot constitute an, actional, an actionable nuisance. But a court of appeals reversed that dismissal and reopened the case last year. And after this week's ruling, a Washington, D.C. judge officially banned Cackett from smoking any more weed while a tenant in that building, medical or not. Judge Ebony Scott ruled this week that even though Thomas Cackett has a license to purchase medical cannabis, he does not possess a license to disrupt the full use and enjoyment of one's land, nor does his license usurp this long-established right. Updated background info on the plaintiff in this case makes it seem Mr. Cackett chose the wrong neighbor to challenge on this issue. You see, Ippolito Shepard is a public health scientist, and while she stood by her opinion that the odor is horrible, she based her arguments around a primary concern, which she claimed to be the toxins in the smoke. Because I'm a public health person, I know the dangers for me, for my lungs, and my family, especially for children and the elderly. They are the two groups that are most vulnerable here. So I am very concerned. Using data and countless studies over the years to bolster her argument, she testified in D.C. Superior Court that she consistently experienced health issues while, drive, uh, while living next to Cackett, including severe headaches, nausea, vomiting, and respiratory issues that she claims would flare up within minutes of each time Cackett lit up. First complaining about the smell back in 2018 to Cackett before escalating to the owner, uh, Farcerato, in 2019, who acknowledged Cackett did indeed uh, smoke cannabis on her property. According to court documents, since that initial exchange, Ippolito Shepard sent more than 200 emails to both defendants, urging Cackett to stop smoking on the property. Cackett testified that he smokes two to three minutes a day to help him sleep and alleviate pain caused by various health problems brought on uh, over the years uh, from being a restaurant manager locally. He told jurors that he smokes outside on the patio to abide by a no smoking clause in the lease, but Farstorado gave him a pass to smoke inside whenever the weather was bad. Regardless, Scott ruled that Cackett created a nuisance, stopping short of awarding damages to Ippolito Shepard due, due to her failure to provide medical evidence, providing the smoke actually made her sick. Per the article, Scott barred Cackett and any of his guests from smoking or burning cannabis in any way that emits an odor at his home or within 25 feet of Ippolito Shepherds. In a victory lap statement meant, meant as a rallying cry for other Karens out there um, that may have been losing hope in a legal system that used to bend over backwards uh, for her, Ippolito Shepherd also revealed her nimbyism in the next statement. She stressed that she actually supports decriminalization. And she said that Judge Scott's decision is for public health. It's a big win because now people can use this case to plead for theirs. The Washington Post quickly shot down the power of Ippolito Shepard's uh, Karen Credo with a counterpunch from J.P. Uh, Simcox. Uh, sorry, I butchered that dude's name. An attorney 
locally representing neighbors in a similar case. He told the paper, Ippolito Shepard's case does not, in fact, set legal precedent like an appellate decision would, but conceded it was, in fact, persuasive in its value. Ippolito Shepard said that she plans to have her house thoroughly cleaned in hopes that the defendants will obey the judge's rulings or else. Yep. It's a sad day for freedom, love, and weed smoking Americans nationwide, but I'd like to remind others in this fight, the one lost battle does not determine the victory of a war. I'm Rico Lamite, dopest dad on the street. I'd like to hear from you guys on this one. Sad. Another, another sideways judge. Just another sideways Just, judge. Well, my question yeah. would be for um, Omar. I mean, I would feel like, wouldn't this be on the onus of the landlord to help deal with this? Well, it's a property owner. It would also be responsible, I think, has been found legally responsible in this case. You know, I'm, I'm thinking there's ways to mitigate the issue just by vaporizing and it, it increases no. patient safety, you no. know, but then, he, then, he, then he might succumb to popcorn lung, man. Va va vapor. No, no, not with a vape pen. I'm talking about like the old school vaporizer, like the old school packs, uh, the volcano more like that. Yeah. Okay. Where you can like grind up the, the flour and then you can not burn it and combust it, but you can just heat it so that the little green smoke kind of like evaporates off it. And that's much healthier for patients. And it's almost undetectable to neighbors. You know, there's an old college student trick, which was basically getting a roll of toilet paper, stuffing it with dryer sheets, oh, yeah. and then exhaling through yeah. that. And that was I the think, first book, buddy. Huh? Is this more stuff you picked up at Yale there? That was, that was the world's <laughs> first smoke buddy right that there. Was, that was at Stanford. That yeah. was at uh, Stanford. Uh, but, but um, you know, I think there's ways that the that somebody can use cannabis and not annoy the shit out of their neighbors. And then if you have a neighbor who's just completely anti-cannabis and just wants to police what people do in the uh, safety and privacy of their own home, then that is a nanny state that would empower such a neighbor, you right. know, and we do have laws on the books that allow uh, that forbid residents of multi-tenant buildings from lighting up. And that basically means that if you're not rich enough to buy your own house and to own your own piece of property, but you're a renter or you have to buy an apartment, then you don't fully own that property. And I think that's a balancing that always happens when people choose to live in highly congested situations like apartment buildings. You know, that's why there's co-op boards in New York, uh, because it, it can get dicey when people are trying to cohabitate and they don't all have the same habits. And sometimes they annoy each other. You know, they have quiet hours. They have, you know, not not letting the dogs loose in the common areas. You know, they have rules like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get them, Omar. But Omar, so and I'm sh I'm sure you will tell me the legal precedent here. But mm -hmm. if if it's legal in your state to consume in your home, and that's what you're supposed to be doing, and this man is doing what he's supposed to be doing, right? Why why doesn't he have a case? Because he doesn't own it. Because the Clean Air Act. And because it's spilling over to the neighbor's property. Uh, yeah. I think that's and I think that one of the comments was from somebody who said, "Look, all you got to do is get good air filters and." You know, get the particulate matter and get the smoke out of the air. It's not healthy for anybody anyway. And so I think that those are there's common sense technical solutions to this whole problem. If you look at it as 
you know, binary. I'm, I have, I'm a property owner. I have absolute property rights. Nobody can infringe on my absolute property rights within my property. Um, I don't think that's a realistic position. As far as the, what is the legal precedent, it's fairly new, you know? So this case is non-precedent. It's not an appellate court decision. The reasoning may be persuasive, but that doesn't mean anything in terms of precedent. But um, uh, Omar, so my, my, my thought of it is this, because I, I, I had a similar situation happen in, in, in my residence. I have one of these NIMBY neighbors, actually a couple of them, and they're just like bad prohibitionists. And so I can't smoke in my house, too. And they use the, the, the Clean Air Act and the, the sharing of adjacent walls and yada, yada, yada. But the reality of it is this, is that the smoke isn't going into their unit. OK, the reality of it is that they're smelling terps from the weed because it's high quality mm-hmm. and that's all that it is is that they're smelling something and so that is what they're actually arguing is saying is making them sick because there's no way that the smoke is whifting all the way and they're getting piles of smoke entering their unit that's just total bs right i mean think about it a different way if you were burning incense all day long would they be able to complain about it what if you had like a, a little uh, emitter that was giving off lavender and other essential oil scents and the whole area smelled like essential oils they, i don't think they'd be able to complain about that that's so, my point yeah i that to I, me suggest a, a, a technical solution saturate the area with essential oils and they won't be able to smell anything and complain well, that it's cannabis it's all lavender I mean, I, I, I hate the smell of the food that they cook all the time, and I want to complain about that. Right. And, and, and could you? That's my point. That's, I, that's my point. We can't. We can't because we're a marginalized class and we don't have the same rights as normal Americans. Well, I think many times people yeah. misidentify cannabis when they're really smelling, you know, essential oils. Uh, but I, I, there's a comment saying that, you know, there's uh, 2.5 p.m. tiny little particulate matters. Uh, that burning plant matter creates. And I think that's kind of, that's kind of right. Like I wouldn't want, you know, my neighbor burning other plants uh, next door. If it was getting it, if, if I could detect it, it could be intrusive, but I, that's just, you know, what happens when people live together in congested areas, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to be eating foods with strong smells that others don't like happens all the time. What do you got to say on this? Dr. Talleyrand? I'm just trying to figure out how she can win this case without proving medical harm. Uh, just, you know, she's saying I, that she's medically harmed, but I, I don't think she was able to prove it. I, I would agree with you on that, but I don't think she needs to needs to prove it because you have this this Clean Air Act and the, the fact of it, the adjacent adjacent walls. I think she just made a better case, man. She yeah. had twenty uh, two hundred. She had two hundred emails, and she's a public health uh, safety official. Like, like you, you picked the wrong fight with the wrong person. Yeah, exactly. In in, in this case, like she came, she came with the heat. <laughs> she came, and she had been uh, complaining about this back since uh, 2018. The case uh, was open in 2000 uh, in, in back in 2020, uh, but she had been complaining since 2018. It had proof of that the whole time, and she said it's a duplex too. So it's not like it's a common area used by like a huge apartment complex mm-hmm. and. Uh, the owner, you know, the owner is like, yeah, whatever. I don't care if you smoke in there. But um, yeah, lady that's living in the the, the top unit there. She was like, oh, this is <laughs> smells like weed. I, I, but I, I'm going to buy a whole bunch of. And it's been five years. <laughs> <laughs>
I would never, ever, ever uh, like side on like, like a, with a Karen, but <laughs> but this kind of it kind of seems like she got a case. <laughs> it's been five. I mean, see one, but we got to go to a commercial. We're gonna be right back. All right. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. He is the cannabis industry's longest continuously operating retailer in West Hollywood's uh, president of cannabis tourism. And this morning he is celebrating the Donald Duck Trump perp walk once again. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rico. Hope everyone's having a great day. It's finally Friday. Thank goodness it's been a crazy, insane week. And I'll tell you what's even more crazy, insane is what's happening in Thailand. That's right, because Thailand cannabis lovers face a come down amid the legislation U-turn. Southeast Asian country's booming cannabis industry is under a cloud as politicians reconsider decriminalization. That's right. On Thailand's Ganja TV, cannabis enthusiasts have followed the drug's swift journey from banned narcotic to legal plant for medical use to adult use high. Now, one year after Thailand decriminalized cannabis, the Facebook's page and 90,000-odd followers are looking on bemused as rival politicians threaten to make dispensaries and open consumption illegal once more, or at least tightly controlled. At the center of, of the attention is, is Pitta Limigrant, the uh, prime minister in waiting, whose move forward party, MPF, scored an upset to come first place in last month's general elections. While MFP is widely viewed as the most liberal of Thailand's political parties, cannabis advocates say it is leading the drive to rein in adult-use cannabis, casting a, a pall over the community's multi-billion dollar cannabis industry. In a quote, what made you change so much, Ganja TV said in a recent post uh, accompanying a video of the MFP leader uh, hailing the potential of cannabis businesses to fund schools and provide immense opportunities for Thailand. Peter Pitta now says that cannabis boom should be put on pause to curb widespread adult use with uh, until the incoming government can pass a proposed cannabis act to draw clear clear lines on where the drug can be sold and consumed. That chimes with the views of Pita's alliance uh, of eight parties, some of which hail from the conservative Muslim uh, majority southern provinces of Thailand that are trying to form a government over the coming weeks. To form a ruling coalition with PETA as, as premier, they need to secure 376 seats to have a uh, parliamentary majority. Currently, they have 313. The alliance's stance on cannabis has angered Health Minister Antunin, I can't even say this, who, who pushed for uh, liberal, liberalization and refuses to back any government seeking to roll back the laws, even temporarily and Antoon's uh, party holds 71 seats and giving it potential kingmaker status in deciding the composition of the next government. As the politicians 
uh, Bicker, cannabis advocates are increasingly upset about the clouds gathering over their industry. In a quote, I started this Ganja TV in 2019, hoping to be a media platform to educate people about the benefits of medical marijuana. Uh, K Lert, the editor of Ganja TV, uh, told told the paper and he also in a quote says now everyone is worried about kids being exposed to cannabis yet they haven't passed the cannabis act to stop that from happening it makes no sense for investors the legal uncertainty has has sapped confidence in the industry that flourished in the year following decriminalization in a quote i've i've invested about one million already if it becomes legal again i would have to stop the investment and find a market elsewhere. Apolikal Transformital uh, uh, 49, founder and CEO of cannabis seller Grasshopper, told this paper. Also, rolling back the law would send a ripple effect across not only the weed industry, but many others, including real estate. There are more than a 1,000 dispensaries in Bangkok alone, so that's a lot of incoming di- uh, disappearing for landlords, not to mention other supported equipment for growing and etc. Cannabis has become strikingly visible in Thailand since the since the kingdom, which once had harsh penalties for possession, suddenly transitioned into one of the most liberal environments for its sale and the use in the world. Taking advantage of the legal vacuum created by the failure to pass the Cannabis Act, Thais and tourists alike smoke openly in the streets and illegal and illegal imports, mainly from North America, California, have flooded the market, giving plenty of ammunition to critics of liberating cannabis culture legalization has opened opportunities it's been great but i'm very disappointed at the political game we're stuck in without the cannabis act ferris uh Putswan, who owns siam land of smile dispensaries in the popular island resorts including uh pai pai ko lanta um and he also says it has to come with regulation for for Cobonian, I'm killing these names, and so I apologize. For Coben, a small-time grower in Bangkok suburb, the initial euphoria that followed decriminalization has tapered off. In a quote, he says, when we don't have a law to regulate it, it starts to be smeared and tainted by sloppy business owners who sell it to kids and folks who just pull out a, a, a bong and smoke it on the street as if they were in Canada. Bone told the paper, it's all still new to Thai society. Looking back on Thailand's year-long experience, experiment in decriminalization, Cobone said he believes uh, that PETA wants to reset the cannabis scene for the safety and economic benefit of Thais. In a quote, he says, ganja is a beautiful creation, not just for people to get rich, he says. Well, sounds like these prohibitions are taking over Thailand. Man, oh, man, oh, man. What do you guys think about all of this? This is Jason Beck for High at Nine News. Um, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on this one simply because um, cannabis is medicine. He has a point with that statement at the end there, and uh, he's trying to knock out the um, – he is trying to knock out the, 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 the flourishing economy that has uh, brought freedom into their ranks. Mm-hmm. But he is making a good case about uh, cannabis being medicine, and um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I got no. I got no dog in this fight because I got no investments in uh, Thai cannabis. But I know a lot of people are going to be big mad if it gets stomped out. Are they going to be tired of Thai cannabis? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's a question for Pad C. You. I don't know. Gretchen was running. She was stretching. 
I think uh, Thailand should pivot to medical tourism for medical cannabis and really put the emphasis on medical and then uh, do a public education campaign because the big issue in Thailand, as we've covered in this show before, is uh, kids smoking in public and ruining it for everybody. And, you know, same thing happened in California and why we have this convoluted, over-regulated, treated like plutonium system is because it was all about the kids. And so without addressing the public health risks uh, for making cannabis, just, you know, taking a hands-off approach towards cannabis uh, basically means that kids will get it in their hands, you know, maybe more than they did under prohibition. As we know, prohibition is a great way to get uh, cannabis into the hands of kids. Uh, and I think, you know, focusing on medical tourism and emphasizing that it's something for adults and for old people is something that Thailand would be wise to do so that it can keep the cannabis tourism. You know, I started rethinking my plans of visiting Thailand when I uh, heard about this article because I'm like, man, it sounds like I missed the party. That's no good for Thailand and Thai uh, tourism and the economy. What do you guys think? I think Omar is 100% right. I think this is all a PR issue, and that's what they need. They need a good marketing campaign to get it back on track. That's Call them up. Need. Call them up. Panoptic strategies. strategies. Global. Panoptic global is in the building. Mm-hmm. And poor, poor, poor Thailand, these people, people, this is not going to be good for them. They're going to roll back all of the freedom. Oh, experiencing i like i like johnny smash's suggestion let's get smoky vanilla over there and yes, really get this working i think they're they gonna can just love him they can just say fouquet they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna take what? one look at jason beck and they're gonna be like can we look as good as this guy yes right. <laughs> start legalization again that's how, that's how it's gonna happen i feel you gretchen you're totally right that's about my that. whole marketing campaign mm-hmm. is gonna be jason beck as the spokesmodel Oh, I want to look as good as right. Jason feels more than I want to feel as good as Jason looks. <laughs> no offense. Each his own tomato, tomato. But coming up next, we have the feisty redheaded conservative that loves to dress her dogs in outfits and parade them up and down Capitol Hill trying to show them off to politicians. That's right. It is the founder of Panoptic Strategies. That's right. It's Gretchen Gailey. Yep, yep, yep. Uh... I'd normally cut my story short, but I like this one and it's a hot topic, so I'm reading the whole damn thing. So please bear with me. Uh, My headline's coming from Marijuana Moment, and it is majority of truckers support marijuana legalization and testing reform amid labor shortage industry report fines. A strong majority of licensed truck drivers in the U.S. say that federal marijuana laws need to change. And most say the current cannabis testing policies for drivers are steering people away from the transportation sector amid a driver shortage, according to a new report. With an estimated 65,000 driver deficit in the country, the American Transportation Research Institute carried out an analysis of driver marijuana testing policies that also included revealing survey data from drivers who say that the status quo needs to change. More than half of all positive trucking industry drug tests are for marijuana metabolite, which can stay in a person's system for weeks after consuming, the report said. Federal prohibition has been highlighted as a potential disincentive for drivers to stay in the industry, and it has been argued that loosening the restrictions on marijuana use would make the industry more attractive and widen the potential labor pool. 
Current federal law mandates that commercial drivers abstain from cannabis, subjecting them to various forms of drug screening from pre-employment to randomized testing. A survey component of ATRI's report found that 72.4% of licensed drivers support loosening cannabis laws and testing policies. Another 66.5% said that marijuana should be federally legalized. Another question found that 65.4% of motor carriers believe that current marijuana testing procedures should be replaced with methods that measure active impairment. ATRI noting that cannabis metabolites can be detected via drug testing long after someone is no longer intoxicated, said that while current marijuana testing is likely effective at removing drivers who may work while impaired, it also likely removes drivers who previously used the drug but would not operate a drug while impaired. Although it's not definitively known how many potential drivers avoided employment in the sector because of cannabis testing requirements, the survey showed that 50.2% of respondents said that it's either very common or common to leave the industry because of marijuana-related rules. Given their extensive driving experiences, truck drivers were also asked whether they felt that highway safety had been negatively impacted by legalized recreational marijuana. The majority, 55.4%, said that there was no impact. Most drivers, 65%, also agreed that drug testing policies for marijuana should be changed to focus on active impairment tests rather than urine-based screenings that only detect inactive metabolites. DOT recently finalized a rule permitting another alternative option, saliva-based testing, that could prevent people who casually use cannabis from being penalized for consuming weeks prior to a urine test. That's because depending on frequency of use, THC is generally detectable in saliva anywhere from 1 to 24 hours after use, according to the agency. There are two pathways the federal government could take in the near term regarding marijuana and both present challenges for the trucking industry. It could maintain federal prohibition, and if it does so, the trucking industry will continue to have thousands of drivers annually placed in prohibited status and will lose many others to occupations that do not test for marijuana use. One benefit of the status quo, according to the Institute, is that companies can continue to enforce zero-tolerance policies. Also, it could help resolve disputes resulting from conflicting state and federal policies. If it is possible, however, that federal marijuana rules will evolve towards legalization and ultimately marijuana will be removed from the federal Schedule I designation, any shift towards federal legalization would likely ease pressure on the industry's driver shortage. The central goal of industry drug testing efforts is highway safety. The current approach supports safety efforts, but also results in its inefficiencies when drivers that do not present a safety issue are removed from the industry. To ensure that that the trucking industry remains safe and unimpaired, there are several actions that must be taken before any federal efforts to legalize marijuana commence. The report also noted that research into the impact of cannabis use on driving and highway safety is currently mixed, complicating rulemaking to address the issue. A 2019 report from the Congressional Research Service similarly found that evidence about cannabis inability to impair driving is inconclusive. What is known, however, is that transportation industry labor shortage is being significantly impacted by marijuana laws. In 2022 alone, 40,916 truckers tested positive for inactive THC metabolites, uh, and that is data from the DOT that was released earlier this year. As of May 1 of this year, 12,527 drivers have tested positive for cannabis in 2023. The agency reported this month. Meanwhile, DOT also proposed guidance last year warning commercial drivers who use CBD products that they are doing so at their own risk. 
The proposed handbook update is meant to advise medical examiners as they carry out physical exams for commercial drivers whose jobs require interstate travel. The handbook would also direct examiners to an earlier DOT notice stipulating that the department requires testing for marijuana and not CBD and provide other information about cannabis-related policy and compliance rules. It goes on a little longer, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but basically, the drive, truck driving industry is being majorly impacted uh, by the lack of uh, cannabis testing or figuring out whether or not their drivers can use it. Um, if the truck lobby gets behind us, and I love trucks, uh, I used to work for uh, the secretary, or not the secretary, uh, the chief of transportation. Um, he was the head of uh, the House committee. Uh, trucking is a major, major lobbying effort. And so if the truckers can get behind legalizing marijuana, I think that's going to go a long way to help out legalization. This is Gretchen for Hide 9 News. Are they going to truck us all across the finish line? I, that's what I'm hopeful for. And I, I love a good truck. My favorite industry lobbying party is the truckers who hold a uh, pie uh, you bring in a pie from every uh, road stop from around the country. They all bring them in, and you can sample pie. So it is my favorite uh, of is, all of the lobbying what, efforts. It's what does the stuff. trucking? What does the trucking lobby uh, lobby think about uh, autonomous trucking? Uh, they're looking into it. They're not completely opposed to it. Really? Truly, if it if they were against that sucker, it wouldn't be happening at all. So. I can, see, I can see them just saying like, "Oh no, we're not going to loosen up any restrictions for you guys. We're just going to take the drivers out of the trucking." The truckers may actually be the answer to answering these questions over whether or not a test is needed. They might be able to convince Congress that there is not a major impairment with driving under the influence of cannabis and may be able to get them past those restrictions that they've put into legislation. That could be a good thing. I cannot see I cannot see many uh, um, congressional leaders uh, backing having these uh, big rigs on the way uh, uh, on the road with uh, truckers under the influence of anything, especially uh, well, cannabis. I disagree. Weed, These truckers are what weed. kept this whole economy going during COVID. Right. Truckers yeah, are right. huge. Truckers. But Trust me. Never, uh, was, Lawmakers was, love I'm truckers. I'm you all, know how they love pharma and tobacco? They listen, love transportation. Listen, I'm I'm all I'm all behind all of that, but I'm just like looking at the big uh, looking at the big picture here. Yeah, you see big truckers on the road. Do you want them smoking weed? Uh, they're already talking about their um, and, and the PGA is in bed with the Saudis. They don't care. They're already talking about how long they're on the road. They're working way too many hours. And if cannabis makes you uh, um, sleepier, like how's that going to look? That's I think it's, it's, that, that, not, that's not all, all right, prohibitionist Rico. Prohibitionist, uh, like it sounds like the flip flopper today is you. I'm not flip flopping. I'm saying about, if know, the truckers okay, okay, get behind okay, this, cool. if the truckers get behind this, we yeah. may be able to get past. Uh, getting some type of testing in place. Truckers if they want to go with the saliva testing, if that makes Congress happy, that's something that's readily available. I'm simply saying that there are pieces of legislation out there that said for legalization to advance that we had to come up with a test. Hold and on. these guys may able to do away with it. Dr. Talleyrand, I have a question about this, Dr. Talleyrand. If, if, if they're going to do a saliva test and you just smoked and you have cotton mouth and you're dry mouth, how are you going to produce any saliva, Dr. Talleyrand? drink <laughs> a little water I, I don't think that's the problem the the problem is that you know it's impairment not cannabis concentration level mm -hmm. um, and it's clear that cannabis concentration levels based on saliva or urine tests 
doesn't correlate with impairment. So they just need to get THC out of their testing and look toward impairment. That's all. That's right. That's right. I'm with you on that, Dr. Talleyrand. And with, with that, we got to go to a commercial. What I would like to say one more thing. Oh, hey, back. One more thing. I'm just saying that since this industry clearly cannot afford to lobby for itself, it needs to find park partners such as the truck lobby uh, okay. who are going to sing the same tune and we should embrace them and say welcome to the club and pass out some joints and, you know, just make everybody happy. I say, you know, people around dispensaries around the country should be out there with little signs honk for truckers. And this is going to get done. I would be I would be all for that. But if it's going to put these uh, uh, these good people out of a job, like, why would you do that? If they're, they're going, if they're, they're going to get around it right they're now, get around it, get around they're still it. Contested right now, they're just not going to. I'm be looking at Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete is going to get this done. I, I know there's a reason that he got in there. Look at Doctor Talleyrand. He was like, "What, Mayor yeah. Pete?" Yeah, Mayor, Mayor Pete couldn't get anything done if his life depended on it. Just stop yeah. it. Just stop. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Can't even get Southwest to get a flight on time, man. Yeah, exactly. well, that's a whole other story. Uh, exactly. See, I rest my case. That's right. Let's go to this commercial. We'll be right back. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button and make sure you hit that subscribe button if you have not already. Also, too, make sure you check out our website, www.hyatt9news.com. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter that's going to go out on Saturdays. That's right. And when you get, do sign up for a newsletter, you will get a confirmation email in your inbox. And make sure you hit that because you will not be subscribed until you do hit that. Also, too, we have amazing merch. And make sure you tell your friend about the show because we believe that organic growth is the best growth. Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. This legendary cannabis doctor is the founder of Medican and co-founder of CESC. And he's probably the one who wrote your mama's mama's first recommendation. Come to the stage. Y'all know who it is. Dr. Jean Talleyrand. Happy Friday, everyone. Good morning or afternoon. Um, can you guys hear me? All good. All right. My story today comes from Medical Express by Philip Ritchie. Patients with unmet mental health needs are turning to medical cannabis, finds Australian study. Has anyone seen the latest Spider-Man movie? Uh, my 13-year-old loved it. He truly believes in the multiverse. We've discussed plausible scientific explanations for the multiverse, 
based on calculations by quantum computers. Australia's cannabis industry is an example of an alter alternate universe to what may have been if California's Prop 64 never passed. New research shows Australian healthcare practitioners are increasingly prescribing medical cannabis for psychiatric conditions, even though the evidence for effectiveness is unclear. But researchers at the University of Sydney say the behavior of these doctors have the potential to unlock avenues of new research. Dr. Elizabeth Carnes of the Lambert Initiative for Cannabinoid Therapeutics published her findings in Frontiers in Pharmacology. These data confirm many Australians have unmet needs around their mental health and that medical cannabis is now frequently being trialed as an alternative to conventional therapies, says Dr. Carnes. In Australia, there are now more than 360 distinct cannabis products currently available to patients involving many different formulations, routes of administration, and cannabinoid profiles. Most of the products are oral, oils, sprays, or capsules, although there, are, there has been a recent surge in the use of cannabis flower. Prescriptions have been increasing annually. From February 2021, the number of cannabis prescriptions started to boom from 100,000 to 300,000 by September the following year. After treatment for chronic pain, anxiety is the second most common condition being treated in Australia with prescribed medical cannabis. However, evidence for the effectiveness of treating anxiety with medical cannabis is surprisingly poor. There are also evidence gaps around the effectiveness of cannabis in depression, ADHD, and autism. According to Dr. Carnes, the key is not that the evidence shows that cannabis products don't work, more that high quality studies supporting current prescribing just haven't been done. Medical cannabis is used for anxiety disorders far more than other psychiatric conditions, making up 22.6% of all Australian medical cannabis prescriptions. The anxiety data are really interesting because three quarters of the products prescribed contain THC, but THC can also be anxiety inducing and sometimes associated with paranoia and social anxiety. More studies are needed as healthcare professionals often struggle to find reliable information about prescribing the hundreds of cannabis products available. At the Lambert in Initiative, we can examine these issues in a variety of ways because we have the whole range of clinical and preclinical researchers, something that is unique in university-based research, says Dr. Carnes. So, wow, take me to that universe. Imagine what might have been if California Prop 64 hadn't passed. I'm not against the recreational use of cannabis. I'm just disappointed that Prop 64 shifted our trajectory away from appropriate medicinal research. Meanwhile, Australian doctors are increasingly prescribing more cannabis products, including cannabis flowers, and their research is increasingly showing its effectiveness. What's more, cannabis is fulfilling the unmet need for alternatives to current mental health medications. So what do you think? Do you prefer the dimension where cannabis is medicinal and doctors are increasingly prescribing it, can the concept of recreational and medical cannabis uh, 
successfully coexist in the same universe. This is Dr. Jean Talleyrand for Hyatt 9 News. Thank you for the story, Doc, um, and beautiful framing around it. And um, I could definitely, definitely see across the Spider-Verse something like this taking flight. And I would much rather go to my doctor and, 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 and test out holistic methods rather than uh, hopping into the opioid. Like we always push uh, over to that to that end of the the conversation first. I, I, I totally agree with it. And, and anyone that, that uh, you know, I, I come from the belief, Dr. Talleyrand, that all use is medical use. So regardless if you think you're using it for recreational purposes, adult use purposes, whatever kind of fancy little word you want to put in front of it, it's all medical at the end of the day because there's so many benefits that you get from consuming cannabis on a regular basis. Yep. Is. I completely agree with you guys. I mean, if we just agreed to accept the fact that there is a medical reason behind this, we may be might have been in a much better position right now um, than we are with 64. Very true. Very much so. Doc, Doc, have you seen Across the Spider-Verse yet? I saw it last night. I've got to go. (laughs) Fantastic movie. I think it's the best the best in the in, in the entire MCU, even though it's kind of not MCU. You know, it's a different conversation, different day. I heard there's a part two coming also. Yes, there oh, is. Oh, boy. Where, where did Omar go? Oh, right here. oh, okay. All right. Look at that. Look at that. He's, like, he's a magician all of a sudden. We, 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 <laughs> we, we got to go to our last commercial. We're going to be right back. Let's do it. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, yeah. Coming up next, he's a high-flying Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt who loves to beat up on that's right that's right prosecutors in the courtroom and out of the courtroom you can find him leaving courtroom with black eyes and and messed up uh file cabinets that's right and his book is now available anywhere you can buy books Can- cannabis laws and regulations anywhere you buy books it is mr omar figueroa thank you jason <laughs> Uh, Happy Friday, everyone. My story is from the Times of Malta by Claudia Calleja. The headline is 26 applications for cannabis clubs received so far. No licenses granted yet. The Cannabis Authority has received 26 applications from potential cannabis clubs requesting a license to sell homegrown marijuana, according to Leonid McKay, who heads the Authority for the Responsible Use of Cannabis. Let me make this clear. Just because we have 26 applications, it does not mean we will be granting 26 licenses. There will be a rigorous vetting process, McKay said on Thursday. He was not in a position to give a date when the first licenses will start being issued in Malta due to the detailed vetting process involved. McKay and Parliamentary Secretary for Reforms and Equality, Rebecca Buttigieg, were addressing a press conference held to launch new guidelines on the responsible use of cannabis. The guidelines, which can be accessed on the authority's website, seek to increase awareness about the role of harm reduction, 
an important part of the authority's mandate. Cannabis clubs, dubbed Cannabis Harm Reduction Associations, started applying to sell homegrown marijuana from February 28th. The associations are the only way one can legally buy the drug, which was legalized in December 2021. The clubs must be nonprofit and can only sell their own product, meaning that only seeds can be imported from abroad. This means that cannabis legally sold in Malta must be grown in the country. Cannabis clubs must have a maximum of 500 members and cannot be within 250 meters of a school or youth center. They are also barred from advertising themselves and cannot include the word cannabis or incite the use of cannabis. Applicants must pay a registration fee of 1,000 euros and the license fee starts at uh, 8,750 euros for the first 50 members. Cannabis sold must include a label that discourages cannabis use and have details of the plant used. Anyone over 18 can join a club. However, there's a cap on the level of THC, the cannabis compound that gets people high for anyone under the age of 21. A person can join only one organization. All revenue must be reinvested in the organization or in salaries. Associations will also contribute a portion of their sales to a harm reduction fund. McKay stressed that the safest way to, to use cannabis was not to use cannabis. Instead of saying no, we are giving information on what can cause harm and how to reduce risks. But if a person chooses to consume cannabis, it is important to be aware of risks and use it responsibly, he said. He stressed that the aim was not to encourage people to use cannabis, but to see a shift in existing users who buy from illegal sources to them getting their cannabis from regulated associations. According to the 2022 European Drug Report, Cannabis remains the most widely consumed illicit substance in the European Union. Uh, prolonged use has been associated with increased risk of possible physical and mental effects. Mental health repercussions may include mood changes, impaired attention, and short-term memory, panic attacks, paranoid thoughts, and hallucinations. Not mentioned in the article, euphoria. Physical effects include dizziness, changes in pulse rate and blood pressure, fatigue, impacted motor skills, and impaired driving ability. Not mentioned in the article, pain relief and numerous conditions for which cannabis provides relief. The guidelines include cannabis use should be delayed to late adolescence. People who use cannabis should use low potency products. Avoid frequent or intensive use of cannabis, Jason. Access legal products that are quality controlled. Pregnant or breastfeeding women or anyone seeking to have a child should avoid use. Avoid taking cannabis with other substances, including tobacco. My take, you know, the Republic of Malta, which I didn't really know about before this article, is an English-speaking island in the Mediterranean. The etymology of the word Malta is from the Greek word meli, or honey. The ancient Greeks called the island Melite, meaning honey sweet. This city-state is part of the European Union and heavily reliant on tourism. So a welcoming attitude toward cannabis shows a far-sighted commitment to cannabis tourism. With Malta's enlightened attitude towards the sweet leaf, keep an eye on Malta as it matures into a sweet destination for a cannabis vacation. The headline is 26 applications for cannabis clubs received so far, no licenses granted yet, 
This is Omar Figueroa, lawyer, publisher, and Ganjier instructor, reporting from Sonoma County, California, the traditional territory of the Pomo, Miwok, and Wapo nations for high at nine, high noon Eastern. I mean, after this, Omar, I just feel like I need to create a cannabis brand called No Cap. <laughs> yeah. So um I can't believe they're advocating for smoking booth. All this low you should consume low potency stuff. That's no, just ridiculous. Well, I, I think when Jason Beck opens up his Malta uh you know location, I think that's gonna be where people can get the good stuff yeah, and fire is gonna be this we call it the firehouse. That's right. We were all celebrating uh, uh Malta. And, uh, and and them kind of coming out of the uh, European uh, green closet there. And then, uh, you know, all this time later, they still ain't got nothing open. I think it's uh, very interesting. Um, the Malta's uh, parliamentary secretary for reforms and equality. Her name is Rebecca Buttigieg. It's another Buttigieg in there. It's blocking the rights to freedom. I'm touching that one. I see what you're doing out there. Throwing. I, the I don't care. I just want to go and I will explore the Malta market and help them get it off the ground, whatever they need. If I need to go over there for months on end, Panoptic will get the job done. Oh, <laughs> Gretchen is getting yeah. there, getting yeah. Panoptic out there. Somebody today. sign me up for Malta. Come on, the Maltese Falcon. I think she just wants to go on a trip. You know, yeah. she's, she's like heavily lobbying for. Nick hasn't taken the day yet. What, what was that? can't believe nick hasn't taken her on a date yet oh no for real nick when are we going to malta yeah what's going on nick take yeah. me to malta nick and it's done that's up the jet nick there you go <laughs> yeah, patrol mode, oh man <laughs> you know, dr Kelly Rand, since you since you were on today i i i saw this 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 news uh this other medical study and so i really want to hear your opinion on it and so this this is going to be the final story of the day today there's an experimental drug for marijuana addiction that shows promise a small study finds. There's no FDA-approved medication to treat cannabis use disorder, which may affect millions of Americans. And as marijuana use in the United States reaches record highs among young adults, there is a growing need to address its potential for addiction, experts say. Now, I don't believe that you can get addicted to cannabis, but nonetheless, an, exper an experimental pill, the first in a new class of drugs, has shown promise in treating cannabis use disorder, according to the results from a a small trial published Thursday in Nature Medicine. The drug known as AEF-0117 was found to reduce the perceived, in quotes, good effects of cannabis by up to 38% in a double-blind, randomized, controlled phase 2A trial led by the researchers at Columbia University. Phase 2A typically means researchers are determining the proper dosage for the next stage of testing. Testing, and then Meg Haney, the lead author of the study and director of the Cannabis Research Laboratory at Columbia University, described the preliminary findings on the medication as, in quotes, very encouraging. 
That's right. No drugs have uh, have yet been approved by the FDA to treat cannabis use disorder, which is estimated to affect up to 30 percent of marijuana users. I don't buy that for a second because most people that have cannabis use disorder stop consuming cannabis. So how could that number be 30 percent? I don't know. But according to the Centers for Disease Control, that's what they're saying. I think that's total BS. But cannabis use disorder is diagnosed as the inability to stop using marijuana even when it causes significant disruption to daily life such as interfering with relationships or work an estimated 14 million americans struggled with cannabis use disorder in 2021 according to a report by the substance abuse and mental health services administration in a quote they say this is one of the very few medications that i've tested to directly decrease the effects of cannabis uh, Haney said he, he, in another quote, he says, the question I asked was, can I change the way it makes people feel and therefore help them to uh, abstain from cannabis? The drug was studied in 29 adult men and women diagnosed with cannabis use disorder, and they were smoking on average roughly three grams of marijuana a day, six days a week. Well, they took off Sundays. That's just ridiculous, too. The doses of the drug studied were a low dose of 0.06 milligrams and a higher dose of up to one milligram. Participants participants started the trial by either receiving the drug first or placebo for five days, and they took the drug at 9 a.m. each day and smoked a controlled amount of cannabis three and a half hours later. Um, then they were asked questions like, uh, I feel high or I feel a good effect five times for 20 minutes after smoking the to two hours after smoking. And the lower dose reduced the subjective good effects of cannabis by 19%, while the higher dose managed to reduce it by 38%. And this article goes on and on and on. You can read it at our website. But Dr. Talleyrand, what do you think about this? It sounds well, fake. Uh, you know, <laughs> people get addicted to anything water it's really a behavior now there are molecular explanations for addiction uh, particularly uh, dopamine you know uh, increasing your dopamine levels um, and, and they've been working on a study like this for quite a while to find some kind of pharmaceutical agent to counteract cannabis use disorder I you know, I think it's unfortunate that they're not putting as much effort on the benefits of the active ingredients in cannabis, more looking for ways to stop or to prevent addiction. It, it's fine. I, the other thing is that in Australia, they, they're not looking for a special pharmaceutical agent. They're using CBD for cannabis use disorder. So they're essentially using a diff, another component of the same plant to help the addiction to THC. But um, Dr. Talleyrand, can't we just call addiction to THC what it really is, which is an oral fixation? <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're, we're seeing specifically with THC that it does increase uh, dopamine levels, which increases the reward system uh, and creates sort of this, um, you know, addictive potential. But you so, Dr. Talleyrand, I don't know how you keep a straight face here. <laughs> real, real quick, real, real, real quick, Doc. Um, if it, if it reduces said good effect here, uh, wouldn't that just make you want to smoke more to get back to that good effect? Like, I, I don't really get the, the the logic behind them saying that. You know, it, this is I know uh, they're ineffective. 
they're they're acting like these people are like heroin addicts. Like when they're when it's coming to weed in the study, how how they, how they how they make it sound. Well, addiction is strictly defined as doing something that causes you harm, right? So in some way, they're smoking so much that their lives have fallen apart. Um, um, and, and so the idea is to get their lives back on track. That's sort of the the objective measurement here. They should probably just smoke and stop smoking terrible weed, Dr. Talley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be like the best. It sounds like these people are smoking really, really bad weed and you just replace it with better weed so they don't have to smoke as much, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that that's something we can study. Sure. I, I, so I would love to do a study like that with you, Dr. Talleyrand. <laughs> yeah, I'll provide all the weed. We'd have to find good weed. I, 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 I'll, I'll provide all the weed. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope Dr. Talleyrand likes boof weed. Yeah, right. Oh, oh, right. Coming, coming from the lady that doesn't even smoke. I smoked your stuff. It did nothing for me. You did not. Sean Kiernan and I. Yes, we did. When Sean Kiernan came to Washington, he said, this is Jason Beck's finest. And I said, this is garbage. You would have just said that just because it was mine anyway. No, I said it was garbage before he told me where it came from. I was like, is this some indoor crap? (laughs) Indoor weed's the best. best. Nope, nope, nope. Just get me outdoor. Oh. Either way, uh, I, I know need a kiss by the sun, just well, like my fiery hair. All the outdoor in the fireplace. I know everybody loves a good elephant fight, but um, I have pl- plenty, plenty to see this weekend as uh, as the uh, vultures circle uh, Donald Trump's <laughs> shallow grave. So good, <laughs> so good, Donald Day. <laughs> but thank you all for joining us for another episode of High at Nine News. You can always catch us weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans out there showing love, getting the comments projected live on the big screen. And also to our live audience members, online supporters, catching us across all media platforms, tuning in and give us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos. To our vetted correspondent team, Tuning in from all over, bringing us much-needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table. To our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, The Vortex, The 91 Club, and all of our supporters helping us keep the lights on, keeping our AV struggles to a minimum. And, of course, lovely Jaja Simone over there holding things down in Clubhouse all week long. To the haters out there, keep hating, man. Keep hating. We're going to keep on loving and roll this love all through the weekend because I hope y'all forgot that it ain't the 15th and y'all ain't got no money to get high again until the 15th. And that is when (laughs) y'all ain't smoking nothing this weekend. And as always, Cannabis CTVL, the reason that we show up every single day. Thank you, babe. It has been Friday, June 9th, 2023. And you know what? The show's over. The week's over. Hope you guys have been blessed this week in uh, getting the biggest headlines in the industry from the High Noon High Nine news, news Team. I'm Rico Lamite, stumbling over my words here, but I'd like to give it to Dr. Jean Talleyrand. What do you have today to give these good people a message to carry on through the weekend? Let's remember cannabis is medicine. Yes, oh, indeed. yeah, cannabis is medicine. Have a great weekend, guys. I'll smoke to that. <laughs>